We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From 10 to 1, 10 significant stories from week 17 in the NFL here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire we're almost all the way through our week 17 countdown to 2020 let's continue in carolina three players in nfl history with a thousand yards receiving thousand yards rushing in the single season now that christian mccaffrey has joined that club roger craig marshall falk Christian McCaffrey, clearly the most complete running back in the game today. He's your number one pick next season in fantasy football. Cannot be stopped. But given the fact that they have three quarterbacks, all of whom have major question marks, are we ever going to see Christian McCaffrey accomplish the type of success that type of talent deserves? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, obviously, they got to figure out the head coach. they got to figure out the quarterback. I mean, they, they got a lot to figure out there. I think everybody would be excited if they had a healthy Cam Newton again. I just don't know that, that that's going to happen. So um, it's a heck of an accomplishment, especially when you're on a crappy team that finishes so poorly and everybody's keyed in to stop you. I think it makes it even more impressive than if he was on a good team and they had other good players and good quarterbacks. Yeah, Will Greer, Kyle Allen, not looking like the future of the quarterback position at Carolina. Mr. Tepper has a lot of things to accomplish this offseason. To number two, two straight weeks where Aaron Jones has made the huge play to save the Packers' day and secure a win. They are 13-3. and three. They get a bye. But Aaron Rodgers, 27-55. of 55. 54% passing in the last three weeks. Is Aaron Jones what drives that offense? And is this a team that inspires any confidence? I felt this way throughout the entire season. They could lose to anyone, this Green Bay team. Hard for me to believe they have 13 wins. Am I underestimating Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay? Yeah, you absolutely are. Um, I think people feel that way about the Packers because they got beat up on national TV by the Chargers. They lost a national TV game at home to the Eagles and they got destroyed and embarrassed on national TV by the Niners. So there were three games where we were all watching that the Packers were not good. Uh, But, you know, we also watched them in that Vikings game last Monday night. They were awesome. Their defense was awesome. The offense played very well. They got a bye. Um, I think the Packers have as good a chance as anybody. I I happen to think the Saints are the best team in the NFC, but Saints have a really tough road to go. Packers get one game in Lambeau and then uh, maybe even another one. Maybe they have to go to San Francisco. But I think that they are underrated by pretty much everybody for whatever reason. 
Wow. I just don't believe in that team at all. They seem like they can lose to anyone. Hard for me to imagine them beating the top teams in the NFC. One, one yard short of a win over the Niners for Seattle and claiming an NFC West title. They had their opportunities, but Seattle gets a delay of game call, which was devastating. A missed pass interference at least by my estimation, by my eyes in the end zone. And then they just come up one yard short on the completion at the end of the game. As for the missed interference, we'll talk more about San Francisco with Joe Shasky, 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. As for Seattle, Al Riveron says the league did review the pass interference in the end zone Quote, we looked at it here in New York, had a great look. NBC gives us a great look. We actually performed a review, but based on what we saw, we didn't see enough to stop the game, but we did review it. Ross, are we headed towards another officiating debacle in the postseason? What has the NFL learned from what happened last year to the Saints? Evidently nothing. Uh, evidently nothing. It's extremely disappointing. That almost makes me feel worse. How he could look at that and not think it merited it stopping the game is absolutely beyond me. It's nonsensical. It's extremely disappointing. I don't know that he is the right guy for that job. I think the NFL's options are to get rid of the pass interference replay or challenge rule. You're not going to look at plays like that and or move on from Alberto Riveron, it's unacceptable. I think it was interference. I guess I could have lived with it if they didn't call it interference. They felt like, as Riveron said, the tight end initiated the contact or whatever. You still can't grab his arm like the linebacker did. Uh, it's still interference. You know, definitely, obviously, restricting him from trying to make a play on the football. And if you're not gonna at least look at that one, get rid of the rule. Unbelievable. Aside with you there, I'm not certain it would have been overturned or would have been ruled interference, but you have to 100% take a look, stop the game, and take a closer look at that. There certainly may have been some contact initiated, but I also believe Pete Carroll has been let off the hook here. Delay a game? At the one-yard line, in the most crucial situation your team can face in the regular season, that is a devastating situation for Seattle. Now, ultimately, the refs may have cost them more dearly, but you can't have that type of penalty, mis-execution at the end of the game. Got to know where you're headed. But it's not the only officiating mess in football. Of course, the college football playoff had a bit of a debacle We'll talk about that coming up. Also, more on that game, Seattle-San Francisco, Joe Shasky, 95-7, the Bay Area, will join us with his analysis, his celebration of his San Francisco team clinching the number one seed in home field, first time since 1997. So a lot coming up right here, Ross. Right, but first, I think both the NFL and college football might need somebody new to head up their officiating departments. They should go to ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, 
ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. That's ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The 256th and final game of the 100th NFL regular season was arguably its most entertaining Seattle coming up one yard short of a division title and a lot of controversy will follow Niners get the one seed first time since 97 let's break it down on a football Monday home and home a radio.com sports original we're brought to you by zip recruiter check them out zip recruiter dot com slash enter the smartest way to hire into 2020 i'm dave briggs home in connecticut ross tucker's home in pennsylvania what we do here on home and home is give you the sounds and the feels of these big wins and losses in their home markets let's do so with 95 7 the bay area here is joe shasky celebrating the niners momentous win late last night Back-to-back fourth-down stops. Are you kidding me? That that was one of those plays. Again, 1981 Super Bowl, Hacksaw Reynolds, Ronnie Lott jumping up on the Sports Illustrated oh pullout page. There's a photo of him still standing there. This will be Dre Greenlaw's fourth-down stop of all stops. Oh, my Lord. 57 played his heart out tonight. That rookie, Quan oh, Hu. Quan Hu. This kid was balling tonight. Jimmy Garoppolo was outstanding. Look, I cannot believe they gave the ball back to Russell Wilson. <laughs> Oh, three minutes to go! Are you kidding me? This is one of the great wins of our life. I said to you after the first yep, preseason the game, gave. I said to you, I said, this guy Greenlaw, I like the way he plays. Yep, I know he's yep, young. I yep. know he bites. But, man, he's got some speed. And I'm just so happy for him because he played wow. the game of his life wow. in front of a national audience when this organization and this fan base thought that they were done. Everybody thought it was a curtains. It was a wrap. We're going to have to go to Philadelphia. We're screwed. Maybe Bosa's out next week. Right. Is D Ford coming back? Is Tart ever going to come back? And no, they find a way to win, get the home field advantage, mm. and then they get the much needed rest. I cannot believe it. I feel like I need some Pepto-Bismol and a giant two-week nap. I'm, I'm, I'm putting the PSA out there. 49er fans, season ticket holders. Do not sell this game. You didn't put down the money on the SBL to make money. You put the money down to make memories. Go to this game. Bring your family. Sit down. Cheer your damn ass off so you got memories for the rest of your life. Do not try to make a quick buck. You will regret it. You want to sit down. You want to be there. Do you want to be part of the people that are there when we win our first game at Levi's? Or do you want to make an extra hundred bucks? And I'm saying that from the bottom of my heart because I'm going to be there. And if you want to be there and make that place rock out, you better be there.
So Joe Shasky was a bit fired up late last night after the Niners win and joins us early this morning from 95-7, the game in Bay Area. Butcher Boy, good to have you, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. How psyched are you, my friend? I mean, unbelievable. Gentlemen, thank you for having me on. Happy holidays to both of you. San Francisco and the Bay Area is just – we're on cloud nine right now. you got to understand where this organization has been. Four head coaches in four years. You dismissed the winningest coach since George Seifert um, and Jim Harbaugh, and then you side with Trent Bulky, the GM, who wants to draft guys with torn ACLs and Achilles tears. And it's just – Went through the Jim Tom Sula era, probably the most disgusting head coach of all time in 49er history. And that's saying something, considering this team traded two first-round picks for O.J. Simpson when he was completely washed in the 1970s. And then you move on to Chip Kelly, who, I mean, let's be honest, he was a terrible NFL head coach and alienated half the players in the league. Uh, and, and then you find a way to bring in Kyle Shanahan, who you guys have referenced it time and time again. The guy botched the Super Bowl, so it's not like he was coming here with roses smelling all over himself. Uh, John Lynch, who had never done the job whatsoever. Oh, and what did they inherit? They inherited a team that couldn't even hit the floor of the salary cap and had to give Vance McDonald a maximum contract just to hit the bottom of the salary cap. They had one blue chip talent on the team of 53 players, and that was DeForest Buckner. And even then, we weren't really sure what we had in him. I mean, they inherited a dumpster fire, a stadium that no one wanted to go to 50 miles south of San Francisco. And just three years later, we're looking at one of the most Cinderella stories in Bay Area history. I've never seen, never seen a fan base wrap itself around a team like the Bay Area and Northern California has wrapped themselves around the 2019 San Francisco 49ers. It's a Cinderella story. Joe, it's an awesome story. Uh, the game was fantastic. Obviously, there was some controversy. We'll get to that. I just got to I'm, – I'm laughing, but I'm not about the audio we just played. Were you were you mocking a player on your own team with the Quan Who? Are you are you mocking your big free agent addition who played very well before he tore his back by saying Quan Well, you, you got to understand, Ross. I mean, we get texts and tweets every single minute of every single day. Basically saying, like, you know, we're missing Quan Alexander. They're missing Jaquaski Tart. They're missing DJ Jones. And it's not making excuses, but kind of the mantra for this team all year has been next man up. I mean, tell me a team who has – they have the most players on IR besides the Atlanta Falcons right now, and Atlanta's watching the playoffs from home. Uh, they missed their left and right tackle for five weeks. They missed their fullback for five weeks. They missed their all-world tight end, George Kittle, for three games, one of them being the Monday nighter in November against Seattle that they lost. Uh, they've missed their defensive line in DJ Jones, Ronald Blair. I mean, they lost Cantavius Ken, uh, Street again, Domarius Moore. Uh, they've lost Jaquaski Tart. They lost both corners at times this year in Witherspoon and Richard Sherman. This team has been dead man walking. And Quan Alexander, he was one of the best players on this defense for the first six weeks of the year. And so when Dre Greenlaw stepped in there, you got to understand, he's been getting crushed by this fan base. And I have had faith in this kid, Dre Greenlaw, Arkansas fifth round draft pick, 
since I saw him week one in the preseason against the Dallas Cowboys. Number 57 made a stop last night at the one-inch spot before the before the end zone. It was reminiscent of 1981. And why is 1981 important? Because the 49ers went to the Super Bowl against Chris Collinsworth and the Cincinnati Bengals and stopped them on the one-yard line. There's an iconic photo of Ronnie Lott jumping in the air. It was snapped as a rookie of him celebrating. And number 57 on the 19. 1981 team was Dan Bunce. Well, last night, number 57, Dre Greenlaw did the exact same thing in stopping an opponent at the one-inch yard line. And I was just giving kudos to this rookie who's kind of been crushed uh, for over-pursuing, for being, you know, a rookie player. And last night he had his finest moment, 13 tackles, the tackle of all tackles. And you can go through the final six minutes. I mean, let's. there's so many things you can dissect. But that one play... It's going to stand alone as the play of all plays. And whether he does anything from here on out, 57 had his moment. Good for him. I mean, my God, what a play. Ronnie Lott references from a nostalgic Joe Shasky, the Butcher Boy 95-7, the game joining us on Home and Home. You should make sure in this process to thank Pete Carroll for mismanaging the situation, leading to a delay of game inexcusable at the one, but I want to ask you about the no call on what I thought was a pretty blatant pass interference in the end zone. Al Riveron says they reviewed it. They got a clean look at it. What if that happened to the Niners in that situation? What would be your reaction this morning? Well, you know, David, I'm glad you brought that up because that same exact thing happened in the Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens with Jimmy Smith. And you know what we said? At least I remember what I said. I said, you know what? You shouldn't let yourself get in that situation, all right? That's your fault for trailing in the game. You know in the final couple of minutes, the referees are going to swallow the whistle. They're going to hold the flags. They're not going to throw it out. So as far as I'm concerned, the Fred Warner play, I don't want to hear from it anymore. I mean, Seattle fans have been getting the benefit of the doubt for years now, all right? And that Ben Garland personal foul when it should have been third and three was atrocious. There was also a defensive penalty uh, in the middle of the field that they called on the 49ers that I thought was just ticky-tacky and whack. I mean, this is for the playoffs. This is for the number one seed. It's the NFL. It's the National Freaking Football League, all right? I'm going to allow a little contact in the end zone when it's coming down to the number one seed and it's two all-time great teams going at it uh, for a chance of having the path of the Super Bowl go through their stadium. So I don't want to hear it from, from Seahawks fans, all right? They're a bunch of whiners anyway. Never even saw a Seahawks fan before 2000. And 10, to be totally honest with you. It's one of the, the, the amazing pop-up fan base stories in all of sports. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, you got a problem. Here's a Kleenex. You can wipe yourself, uh, dry your eyes. I really don't want to hear it. You have the ball at the one-yard line, and you pin it. And got a delay of game situation. Pete Carroll, we never associate head coaches with panicking, but I see it in basketball all the time. Uh, I, I seen it in the NFL with Jim Harbaugh. You have the ball at the three-yard line in the Super Bowl. Run the damn ball with Frank Gore or Colin Kaepernick. Instead, they throw the ball four times, and that was that hold call uh, on the fade to, to Michael Crabtree that I referenced earlier. Pete Carroll has now panicked multiple times with a chance to literally run the ball with Marshawn Lynch and fall into the end zone and advance or get a second Super Bowl, or in this case, get the number two seed and a first round bye. And he 
panicked straight up. And I think it's absolutely scripted by God because the Northern California boy, the Marin man in Pete Carroll, who shunned this fan base in 2005 and didn't want to coach this team when we were at our lowest of lows, he finally got his just dues. And this fan base is salivating and loving every minute of his agony because you know what? The sweetest of revenges, oh, they come so late in life but you got to enjoy them. And right now I have an ear to ear smile looking at the memes, looking at the photos, the still pictures of the distraught Pete Carroll on the sideline. Oh my God. I'm just soaking it up. It's incredible. Joe, you are incredible. And so I want to take it to the next step, which is how good do you feel about your Niners right now getting to the Super Bowl and would you have had any hope for that if they had lost last night and they had and they were the number five seed? First off, the final six minutes of that game, they had a 12-point lead. All right. I kept saying, if you get the ball back after Russ scores here, you cannot give it back to him. You just can't. You just can't. He is the Brett Favre of this era in the sense that. Anything can and will happen with the ball in his hands. And he's a cockroach. You want to step on him and you think he's dead. But I got arachnophobia every single time this dude has the ball in his hands because he makes wacky, wild plays. And he should have won that game. They should never have given him the ball. It was fourth and one, even after the personal foul on Ben Garland, which which I just thought was a terrible foul. I mean, Ross, you're an offensive lineman. You're up in century link. It's super loud. You can't hear the whistle. It's a screen play. Your offensive lineman is 10 yards out in front. He's trying to finish the block, not knowing if the play behind him has been stopped. I just thought that was an egregiously awful call to give at that person. 15 yards when it was going to be third and three and you've been getting anything you wanted in the run game all day. And now it's third and 18. I I mean, I just thought that was awful. But even though you get down and it's fourth and one, you got to keep the ball there, Kyle Shanahan. You cannot give it back to Russell Wilson, especially considering that your defense has been on the field forever. It looked like Bosa broke his right hand. I mean, the team's completely gassed out. Witherspoon was getting toasted like he's burnt uh, bread that I'm trying to make for my family in the morning and slather a bunch of butter on it. I mean, he gets subbed out for Emmanuel Mosley down the stretch there. You had a bunch of rookies at middle linebacker and outside linebacker playing in, in a hostile environment for the, the an opportunity to be the number one seed in the NFL. These things don't happen often, and it's just I could not believe that they chose to pump the ball back to Russell Wilson. That that to me, blew me away. And then I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, they're going to gag this game away and it is going to be an all-time choke job. Up 12 with six minutes to go and somehow you lose to Russell Wilson on one leg and the Seattle Seahawks, are you kidding me? And they're going to hand it to Marshawn freaking Lynch who was pouring tequila shots a week ago and has a belly bigger than mine and he's going to run one in and jam it down our throat one last time. Oh my God. Thank God they won this game because the alternative reality where we lose this game, I don't even know if I can be on air. Like, I don't know if I I can, honest to God, not cuss and swear and be on air. I would have been that pissed off with this team. I'm dead serious, Ross. Like, I was thinking to myself, my God, they're going to lose this game. They're going to gag this away. They're going to hop on a flight six days from now and go to Philadelphia. And they're going to lose to a team with no wide receivers on the road, in the cold, in Philly. I I, I was thinking absolute doomsday, worst case scenario. It was 
it was sad. Thank God they won this game for my own psyche and for my wife's love. You know, my wife's looking at me like I'm completely insane, but it's the truth. I would have been, I would have been miserable to deal with all week. She's looking at you that way because you are completely insane. <laughs> and that's why we love you, Joe Shatsky, but you'll get another chance because in all likelihood, Russell Wilson's coming right back to you in a couple of weeks. So you'll get your opportunity. Last question. Uh, two types of people in this world on New Year's Eve. There's the Roth Tucker types asleep by oh nine thirty or so. And then there are the Dave Briggs is that just stay up. I don't really know why, but I have to, I have to have my champagne at the stroke of midnight. What goes down for Joe Shasky on new year's Eve? You know, it depends year to year, but this year we're going to have some people over, you know, we, we, we did a nice remodel this year. So we got a beautiful bathroom and a beautiful kitchen and we're going to show it off. We're going to have a couple of family and friends over. They're going to bring the kids over. We're going to celebrate. We're trying to turn it into a family tradition. You know, everybody come on over here, you know, be safe, bring the kids over. We'll play some star Wars video games. The adults can congregate in the, in the new kitchen and enjoy themselves. So we're going to be rocking pretty hard here. And you know what? I'm going to get my game face on for whoever decides to roll into Levi's on January 11th because I, I, I'm just I'm circling that date in the calendar. I need to, to get myself completely lathered up, okay, lathered up for the very first home game since the final game at Candlestick in the playoffs where Colin Kaepernick ran wild on the Green Bay Packers, and it is the first Levi's Stadium home game. So I, I'm going to be talking about that the entire time and probably reliving the final six minutes of agony with my cousins who are diehard 49er fans who are just, we're just, I'm telling you right now, we are ready to plan the parade down Market Street. That's how, that's how big of a win last night was. It was, it was a game changer for the Yorks, game changer for Kyle Shanahan, biggest opportunity ever for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he proved himself to be Jimmy Cool last night. It, it felt like watching Joe Montana back in the day. Did you see Debo Samuel, the rookie? Ooh. Are you kidding me? Was that guy an absolute stud? And then my man, George Kittle. I mean, what, what more can I say? Get this guy dialed up for WrestleMania because he's ready to walk into the ring for the main event and wrestle the Undertaker for crying out loud. New Year's Eve's going to be popping, but January 11th is going to be out of this world. That's what I'm circling my date for. Debo Samuel has arrived, in particular since the Emmanuel Sanders acquisition. Yes. He looks like a clear number one, as does your boy Raheem Mostert, as we see less action from Tevin Coleman. Happy New Year, Joe Shasky. Uh, let's see if we can get Marshawn Lynch to pour some tequila shots for your <laughs> New Year's Eve celebration. Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys. And I, I know that he definitely will not be missing any of the food at my spread, because if you saw a couple of photos... He looked like feast mode instead of beast mode last night. <laughs> feast mode it is. Joe Shasky, 95-7, the game in the Bay Area. Happy New Year, brother. You too, guys. Thanks. All right, we'll talk some college football after a break. Is there a bigger officiating issue in the college ranks? And how psyched are you if you live in Cincinnati, given the performance of Joe Burrow? Yeah, uh, the Bengals – already know who they're going to be hiring with the number one overall pick. It's the LSU quarterback. But if you need to hire somebody for your job, you really need to go to ZipRecruiter. I got a few small businesses, and I can tell you hiring is a pain in the butt on so many levels. ZipRecruiter makes it easy. They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they do not stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them 
to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. They're so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The NFL has a massive officiating problem. College football says, hold my beer. Big issues in the college football playoff over the weekend. And the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock and have themselves a franchise quarterback. Joe Burrow in the story we might not have ever seen if he'd not have transferred on a football Monday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire in 2020. The college football playoff on Saturday was, well, half entertaining and half not so much, but certainly was controversial. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. And the officiating problems don't stop with the NFL. College football clearly has some problems to figure out. I think the targeting call in the Ohio State game was fine. That was the right call. I don't know, Ross, about the ejection part of targeting. Do you feel like that rule needs some examination before we get into the scoop and score? Yeah, I mean, that, well, that, that's, a, that's a longer conversation. I don't really care for the ejection, Dave, because you know, I do a college football game every week, and you see these guys where it's kind of a bang-bang play. It's questionable. The quarterback or the receiver ducked their head. And here we are, in some instances, seven plays into the game, first quarter, and the kid's ejected from the biggest game of his life. I mean, it's bad enough you get a penalty, I think, in those situations. But to eject them as well, I really don't care for. I understand what the goal is. I understand what we're trying to accomplish. But I think you are accomplishing that just by having the penalty without having to eject. So I don't care for that. And I would even say this, Dave, the Sean Wade hit on Trevor Lawrence in the game that you're referencing, Mm -hmm. Ohio State corner Sean Wade, who, by the way, is like a first-round corner in his own right. That, to me, 
is not really the play that they're trying to eliminate. By the letter of the law, it was the right call. It was helmet to helmet, and there should have been a flag, an ejection based on the current rules. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that is six foot, he's blitzing, he wasn't headhunting, he wasn't trying to go for, I mean, Lawrence is six six. Lawrence ducks, there's helmet to helmet contact. Lawrence did what everybody would do in that situation. You were a high school quarterback, Dave. You kind of, at that point, you brace for contact and you drop your body level and you drop your helmet level at the last second. Wade should have gone for his knees. Wade should have gone lower. But frankly, that changed the whole game. I mean, Ohio State was killing them. They were going to get the ball then again. And then Clemson ended up scoring a touchdown. But that play, I thought, changed the entire game. Change the game indeed. Buckeyes jumped down to a 16-0 lead. The momentum turned really on that play. I think the letter of the law is correct. I like that that was a targeting penalty. I think that was exactly what they have to enforce to keep the game safe. But the automatic ejection part, I think, is what needs uh, a re-examination. I think that needs to be a judgment call. They should have the option of ejecting a player, but no way it should have happened in that circumstance. That was not the most controversial call, however. That came later when another first-round pick at the corner position, Jeffrey Okuda, strips Clemson wide receiver Justin Ross deep in Clemson territory. Jordan Fuller scoops up the football, runs it back for a touchdown. We've got a scoop and score. Buckeyes lead. Looked like Ohio State was going to win the football game. They review it. And here's where it gets confusing. When you slow it down, it looks like one, two, three steps for the receiver, Justin Ross. But they ruled that he never completed the catch. It was overturned, no touchdown. Clemson keeps the football and wins that football game. Of course, the largest play of the game was the Trevor Lawrence 67-yard rushing touchdown. But this play was very problematic from where I sit. You had the officiating expert on the broadcast explain the rule, but my eyes saw a catch and a couple of steps afterward. What did you see? Yeah, I I thought it was a disgrace, Dave. I I really did. There is no way that that should have been overturned. He took – he had at least – after the ball went to his hands and he had it in his hands, he took at least three steps. He almost got the fourth down before the ball was knocked out. Three steps is a catch. And then you say, well, where's the football move? He was trying to hold the ball away from Akuda who was coming in to knock it away. Like, what are you talking about? He was trying to hold it. He literally extended it away. That's a football move. I can almost see them calling it incomplete on the field. I cannot, for the life of me, think that it makes any sense to say to overturn that, Dave. I mean, that... I I thought it was horrendous. You should not overturn unless it's clear and obvious. I thought that was terrible. Look, I think the better argument, quite frankly, Dave, is that his forward progress was stopped. And that it was not a fumble because he had had it in his hands and was going backwards for three steps. The better argument would have been, ah, his forward progress was stopped. 
So it's not a fumble. To say he never caught it is a total joke. And something they need to fix. And is it something that changes the way you view the college football playoff and the national championship game January 13th? You know, it does, Dave. And it's a great point. Now, I'll say this. I kind of like LSU. I love the Joe Burrow story. I love Coach O. So I was going to root for LSU in the national championship game anyway, I think, no matter who they played. But now I really want them to win. And that's kind of, I mean, we could get in a longer discussion about this at some point, but that's kind of how I normally am when there is a really bad call or a really controversial call. I don't want that team to then win, Dave, or especially not to win at all, because what happens then is their accomplishment is called into question. Like Clemson, those kids easily could have still won that game, right? I mean, even if you give Ohio State that touchdown, Clemson plays it differently after that. Maybe they get a couple more touchdowns. Maybe they still win. But because of the way it went down, it allows millions of people to say, yeah, they won, but they were gifted that call. I hate it. I hate it. It calls into question their accomplishment. And so then if they win the national championship, I know years from now people won't remember, but a lot of people will. I mean, a a lot of people will remember that. I'd much rather the champion be a clean champion, if that makes sense, where there's no controversy, there's no question, there's no debate. They were clearly the best team. There's no, oh, what about this call? No, no, no. They were the best. They won. That's why I'm really hoping LSU wins even more now than I was before. Does not change at all for me uh, how I view that game, how I view the college football playoff, or how I will continue to root for LSU and Joe Burrow. I love the way Trevor Lawrence plays this football game. I thought, forget about the call. This is a kid that went out there and won this football game and has never lost in his collegiate career, 25-0, and and we get another year of Trevor Lawrence Love the way this kid goes about his business, but he is not, of course, the story of college football this year. And that obviously is Joe Burrow, who shreds Oklahoma earlier on Saturday, 568 yards total offense in the first half, seven touchdown passes for Joe Burrow, put on a performance for the ages for LSU. It's amazing. My son says to me, he's 11, Dad, what if Joe Burrow never transferred from Ohio State? And I said, quite frankly, none of us ever really know the name Joe Burrow. It's one of the great stories in the history of college football. I can't think of a better single-season performance from any one of the quarterback position. Well, I'll take it a step further, Dave. What if Ohio State just gives Joe Burrow the starting job instead of Dwayne Haskins. Now, maybe they're not quite as good last year, but this year they win the national championship because guess what? LSU doesn't have Joe Burrow because Ohio State has Joe Burrow. Unless, I guess, maybe Justin Fields transfers to LSU. We could go down that rabbit hole if you want, but uh, it would be very interesting if Joe Burrow was at Ohio State and if they had said, you know what? He's a better quarterback than Haskins if they'd picked Burrow instead of Haskins. It's kind of crazy, actually. 
when you think about it. What jumps out to me about Burrow, I love this story. You know what else I love, Dave? I love when somebody gets better. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love when he was, I thought, very average last year. And this year, he's been incredible. And I can't name another guy off the top of my head. You know, people say Kurt Warner, but that's not right. I mean, in 98, Kurt Warner didn't play at all. In 99, he was awesome. So how do we know he wouldn't have been awesome in 98? He didn't play. Same with Kyler Murray. I mean, Kyler Murray didn't play the year before. It was Baker Mayfield. So you can't say there are examples of guys going from not playing to being awesome. But when's the other guy, Dave, that goes from playing and being very kind of average, pedestrian, maybe a late-round pick, to being clearly the number one pick? It's it's an unbelievable evolution for Joe Burrow. And the numbers are mind-boggling. 55 touchdown passes, six interceptions, 78 percent completion percentage and 5200 yards passing it is frankly mind-boggling i was trying to research that very question uh, you just raised and carson palmer was something close who really did come out of nowhere it's hard to remember that given where we are today andre Ware came out of a relative nowhere but still i think nothing compared to joe burrow and a lot of this has to do what if lsu didn't have joe brady uh who just completely gave a facelift to this LSU offense. On the flip side of this game is the Oklahoma Sooners, who in your estimation, Ross, should they be banned from the college football playoff? No, they shouldn't be banned. I was joking when I tweeted that at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. We're at RDC home and home. I was joking when I tweeted that. But I'm done with watching these guys. I mean, it's the same thing every year. They cannot play a lick of defense to save their life. And this year was the worst quarterback of the three they've had out of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Gave them the least chance to win. Like, I would just rather, Dave, give somebody else a shot. And I don't know who that is. You know, if Penn State hadn't lost to Minnesota, maybe it's them. If Wisconsin hadn't lost to Illinois, maybe it's them. I'd rather see Oregon. I I mean, I'd rather see anybody else other than Oklahoma in these games. They cannot stop. My question to you is the Lincoln-Riley factor. Uh, Look, it sounds like if he wants it, he's going to get an NFL offer. It might just be the Dallas Cowboys. It might be the Cleveland Browns who could think that he's the guy to come in and get Baker Mayfield back into shape. But why, given the performances of that team, giving up 80 points in the first half of his last two college football games, why is that not a bigger concern, a bigger stain on Lincoln Riley's NFL prospects? I think it should be. Um, I also think, you know, he's a guy that has only done it at one place. You know, now it's only the only opportunity he's gotten. He strikes me, Dave, as a terrific play caller and a terrific game planner on the offensive side of the ball. And I think people would hire him because they'd say, you know what, he can get our quarterback playing at a high level. And that's the most important thing. But I'd rather have a guy like Matt Rule, who has done it at Temple, has done it at Baylor, 
has spent some time in the NFL with the Giants, so he's a little more familiar with it. And I just think, look, both those places are a lot harder to win than Oklahoma. I mean, Lincoln Riley got promoted, and Baker Mayfield was already the quarterback. Like, okay. Then he got Kyler Murray to transfer, and then he got Jalen Hurts to transfer in. Guess what? You don't get great quarterbacks to transfer in every year in the NFL. I'd rather have Rule. I agree with you. I would pump the brakes on Lincoln Riley. Let's at least see if this guy can figure out the defensive side of the football. So that'll about do it for us on this New Year's Eve Eve. Uh, Do you have any New Year's resolutions as we move into 2020? Uh, I think I might do the same New Year's resolution, but I always do it. I think I'm going to try to not have any sugary uh, desserts other than ice cream. See how long that lasts. (laughs) Wait a minute. The guy who films cookies and the press box every week is actually going into a year saying he's not going to eat said cookies. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't need them. I don't need cookies and brownies and stuff like that. I do need ice cream. I can't live without that, but I feel like cookies and stuff like that are the worst. And I need to uh, I need to move on from that. There is zero chance you make that resolution. You may be able to hold off, but as soon as you start again, start anew the press box tour, that will fall apart. But maybe it gives you a few months. I always at this time of year say, I just want to laugh a little more, smile a little more, and yell a little bit less. But I say that each and every year, Ross. Maybe now that I'll have more sleep in 2020, I can pull that off. What do you think? I think you can. I I have faith in you. You're a good guy. You can laugh more. You can smile more. And you cannot get as as stressed out or have as much anxiety. You can do it. I got faith in you. Life is short, my friend. Life is short. No cookies, more smiles, less yelling. Sounds like a good 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. We are off on New Year's Eve and back on the 2nd of January. Have a wonderful week, and we'll preview NFL playoffs week one when we come back. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.